Hello and welcome to a very special episode of the Peter Mackay Motorsport Podcast because today I have a very special guest, the 2019 independent British touring car champion Rory Butcher and winner of the Jack Sears Trophy in 2019. Rory, welcome to the programme. Hello and uh, yeah, thank you for having me on here. No, no, thank you for your time and I believe this is your wedding anniversary it as is, well. Uh, it must be a very special interview because... Uh, <laughs> I feel very privileged. Uh, my better half has uh, let me let me loose for the afternoon to come and see you. <laughs> what a star! Well, thank you very much. Um, take you right back to the beginning. You know, 1987. You were born into a motor racing family. Your father owning the here at the circuit, not kill. But so obviously, it's been around you all your life. When did you when did you have that moment? You say, "Yep, I'm going to be a professional racing driver." Can I be honest? Probably not till I was about 21. 19. Wow. Hey, I'm trying to think back to what my career of actually when I started car racing and um, when it became serious. But it was probably yeah early 20s. I started to get that fire in my belly. If you know, I grew up and my, my parents split up when I was younger, so mm-hmm. I only came up to Knock Hill. I wasn't up here like every day or every yes. weekend. Yes. So it was just a bit of a hobby. Anything I did, a little bit of go kart and did a bit of bike racing when I was uh, an early teenager. And it was uh, wasn't until later on that yeah, it actually became serious. Ah, okay. I have a similar thing. You know, I've I've grown up in a family, my father's whiskey business. And uh, I was the same when I was growing up. I was just like, no, no, I'm going to be a professional golfer. I'm going to take on the world. And then by the time it was 20, about 20, I thought, oh, maybe this is quite a good idea to get into, to get into the family trade. business. Yeah, yeah. 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 So that's, that's funny. And then, and then from there, it was for, into Formula Fords. That point. That, well, that's yeah. yeah I actually, in. I did no, not straight into. I uh, I did two seasons um, of saloon car racing. So I did okay. uh-huh. Scottish XR2 Championship uh-huh. um, when I was 17. When I was 18, I did the Mini Cooper Cup for a season, mm-hmm. and then I went into uh, Formula Ford at the age of 19, um, wow. and I did, did a couple of seasons in that, and that, that's what allowed me to then go, because it was like an English championship and a national series, mm-hmm. I was able to trailer the car up and down the country and kind of learn my trade, and like I say, that's probably when I was like, right, ah, there's there's more to this, I need to keep keep, keep pushing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's when you saw, there's the, saw a kind of route a route ahead at Start, that point. Starting to kind of, a path was starting to kind of form ahead of me and I, I just wanted it so bad by that point. Yeah, uh, oh, <laughs> fantastic. And what was it like, you know, when 2009 winning the Formula Ford Festival in the Kent Class, you know, some of the biggest names in motorsport history have won that event. What was it like? How tough was the competition to win that event? Yeah, that it's, it's, it, it was tough. Um, you know, there were 60 cars entered into, into the field. I was up against my, my, my arch rival uh, Scott Malvern, uh-huh. who uh, I, who he narrowly beat me to the uh, the national championship that year, yeah. um, in a court courtroom. So uh, you can know. Oh, <laughs> so can you tell us that? Story? Yeah, I, I won on the road. I won the the, uh, the championship on the road, but there was a bit of contact in the race, the final race of the year. And Scott won in the, the courtroom, but anyway, we'll not speak any more about that. Okay, fair but, enough. Yeah, uh, yeah. There's, 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 you know, the usual two drivers that come over from America and compete in the event, mm-hmm. and, and then you always have some really strong competition in and around kind of England and then the Scottish guys yeah. and also Ireland. Yeah. The, the Formula Ford guys who come over yeah. from uh, from Ireland is just they're so strong. So. I have to say, winning that, I almost was in tears yeah. winning that, that event. Um, one, because I was able to beat Scott, uh, yeah. it meant so much. Does uh, that settle a score? A little bit, yeah. you know, we, we get on now, but at the time it was like, the rivalry was pretty hot, and yeah. oh my god, it was uh, yeah, it was a great feeling. 
And is the, the festival, does that follow after the championship then? So yeah, it was, exactly, then exactly. So it came after all, all I'd unfolded um, previous to that. And then, yeah, we had the Formula 4 festival. So it was like, right, I need to kind of lay down a marker here. Yeah, it did it. Oh, <laughs> it, was, it was good. Fantastic. And what opportunities arose from that as the festival winner at that time? Yeah, that, that's right. So I went from there and um, I've been doing a little bit of coaching that's, that season with uh, uh, an amateur driver who was just in his first couple of years. And he asked me to partner him in, uh, mm-hmm. in British GT. So I got mm-hmm. a full season in British GT4, which was fantastic the following year. And, and then I guess that kind of carved out um, my path into Porsche Carrera Cup and then later again returning to GTs. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, it was, it was definitely a good thing. And is with with Notkill being your your family business, uh, how how has that helped your career having having the circuit here as a, a, your family business? Um, well, I would say firstly, you know, they've obviously it's great having a family that have a, a, a understanding of motorsport, um, mm-hmm. what it takes, how hard it is to make it, mm-hmm. um, you know, having the freedom to down tools from my, my job midweek to then mm-hmm. go and race it every weekend. Um, the support in terms of you know helping my sponsors out so um, you know that's you know if you look around the circuit there's there's certain signs around here that are from my own sponsors mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and that that has really helped me gather the, the backing and support to, to move up up the ranks so yeah I think I've, I've definitely benefited hugely from from it mm-hmm. um, and uh, yeah that's cool has there been has there been any point where it's hindered your your your, your progress? We think, oh, his dad runs not kill, so we don't maybe. need to give him a hand, kind you of know, thing. If I'm honest, I probably don't see it myself, but I think that kind of view will be out there. Yeah. I think, uh, it's just natural. Sure. You know, yeah. um, growing up at a, a race circuit, or certainly, especially especially when you come in racing championships like the touring cars, Porsche Cup, stuff like that people expect you to have done a million laps that year mm-hmm. practice when it's just not the case <laughs> so uh, yeah I think there's an expectation that uh, when you're yeah it's the same for Gordon or any lo- local driver yeah when you come up to Scotland the race it's uh, the pressure's on you yeah well, I remember J- J- John Cleland he was you know he actually was, you know, was very successful British touring car driver but then I never actually I think only won one race in British touring cars at Notkill it was never a, that happy a hunting ground yeah, him, yeah, I think so. I think so, and um, and that's that's exactly what I'm talking about. You know, I think um, Gordon, my brother-in-law, Gordon Shedden, will will always argue that probably it's it's our, his hardest event of the year when, sure. when he used to come up to Scotland, and uh, and you know I think he has won a few races in BTCC mm-hmm. up here, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, the advantage isn't what people think. So. Mm-hmm. And of course, what people won't see is that you're safe. You know, you had a, a fantastic Sunday in the touring cars this year with a win, um, and on the last lap with Andrew Jordan. But your itinerary for the day—it's not just three races, is it? You're you're a busy boy that day, aren't you? Aye, we are. We're busy at every event. And, yeah. And but I have to say, the home race is like particularly uh, busy for a for, for a local driver. And um, it's just like I think it was kind of winning that race and had to get on pole. Yeah, it was it was incredible. The amount of support I had in the paddock, like I literally couldn't walk from say the toilet back to the truck without, you know, getting hounded for autographs. And it's an amazing feeling. But I would say by the time I got to between race two and three, uh, I think my, my performance started to flag a wee bit. Just yeah, I was, you know, exhausted. Pretty, pretty exhausted by the end of the weekend. Yeah, um, but I think probably that home support got me the win in race one because you know yeah. I had 
only had I didn't have a second gear after the safety car. Yes. So uh -huh. um, I had to drive extra hard to keep Andrew Jordan at bay, and just knowing that I had that support got me the win definitely. Yeah. yeah. So. Well, we were all we were all there at Duffus with Alan and Louise, and I remember us going absolutely bananas when you came came down on the last lap when. You know, Jordan went up onto the yeah, paint and yeah. they were off, oh, we were jumping about. Like. Yeah, I was doing bananas in the car I when, bet he you were. Me. when he overtook me on the, the penultimate lap, I was raging. Aye, we nearly put you on the grass going up the, going up the start finish. Aye, you kind of just, you know, as if you've got the opportunity to take the lead and you just make a very kind of slow manoeuvre over to the right, mm. the guy, I had no choice but to back out of it and uh, I think yeah. any other driver would have done the same as Andrew. So. Yeah, no, I think that's, 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 that's fair enough. Looking back again, Celtic Speed are a team that appear a lot in your early career and still you wear it in your helmet and in the car. Tell us about your relationship there and uh, and, and how that's how they've worked together with you in your career. So, um, Celtic Speed uh, is owned by um, a chap called Tommy Dreeland who, when I met him maybe back in like 2008, 2009, kind of decided to give me a little bit of support mm -hmm. uh, when I was doing Formula Ford mm -hmm. and then in 2010, when he was doing post career Cup with his team Celtic Speed, mm -hmm. I got the opportunity, he gave me an opportunity to race his kind of second car mm -hmm. at Knock Hill, so I got a mm -hmm. one-off drive. And then the following year, he supported me into, into the series for a full campaign. Mm -hmm. And um, so basically, yeah, without that initial, that kind of step, leg up yeah. at that point, I would never kind of be where I am today. Mm -hmm. and and Tommy himself has actually supported me ever since so through my whole kind of career and journey uh -huh. it's uh, whether I've been in a post-career cup racing for Celtic Speed or moved on to GTs or now in the touring cars yeah I've always got the Celtic Speed logo on my helmet and yeah. it's usually featured on the car as well so uh, yeah he's been uh, absolutely instrumental in my career oh fantastic and do you do classic racing with him as well no I don't, I don't race with Tommy mm -hmm. um, Elsewhere, uh, he's, he's he, ra he now races yeah classic F1, mm -hmm. Group C all over the world. So I j I keep an eye on what, what he what he does, but I've never actually driven any of his cars, uh -huh. and I'm not sure if I wanted to be honest. They look at they've got bags of power, but he's got like, uh, the Leighton House, Leighton House, Group C, yeah, yeah. Group, Group C. He's got Keke Rosberg's 1983 Williams, I believe, uh, which I'm sure won the Monaco Grand Prix back there in the wet. Wow. So yeah, no, he's yeah, he, uh, he's just a massive motorsport nut and yeah. uh, that huge support. So oh, fantastic, brilliant. And when when you made this step from what was a Formula Ford car is very different to a nine eleven of any sort, you know, Carrera Cup. Yeah. What was for you? You did very very well with thirteen wins in the Carrera yeah. Cup in the UK. What what was it like transitioning from that car? And what kind of style do the two cars demand? Um, I think. If I'm honest, from what I've actually learned going 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 forward, like the the technique that I've, I now have in my driving that I've kind of come to learn, I would probably if I was to go back in a Formula Ford, I don't think I would be too different and the right. same if I jumped in a Cup car. There's just slight differences because of the characteristics of the car, but yeah. I kind of keep the same technique. Um, what I would say is that the, the biggest differences between the cars, obviously, the Porsche got way more power. It's much heavier. Um, it's running big slick tyres where back in Formula Ford I was running cut slicks so the car tended yeah. to, to slide a lot more mm -hmm. um, so you would you would hold the car in a bit of a slide mm -hmm. um, especially the chassis that I ran it was an older chassis Van Diemen 92 and uh, 
yeah, it, it tended to like it liked to be in, in a kind of oversteer slide. steering yeah. slide. Yeah, so good it, fun. Then. It was good yeah, fun. Yeah, yeah, I enjoyed yeah. It. yeah. So. And was that when you know when you move to the Carrera Cups? Then you, you, you're there if you're sliding, you're losing time. Then basically, Aye, you know, if you're much. on the if you're on the throttle and you're yeah. having a bit of a slide, not such a big deal. But um, as long as it's controlled. But yeah, you would never really slide the car on like the entry of the corner to to, to provoke like a rotation. Yes. Whereas in uh-huh. the form of Ford, you would quite often, I would quite often enter the, the, the corner with no steering lock because you, I was just using like the weight transfer of the of the initial turn. Yes. And the car would just start to kind of slide in, and you'd wow. go through the corner basically with straight steering. And uh, wow. When you had it, when awesome. you got it right, so it was nice. Oh, brilliant, yeah. brilliant. And then when you were climbing up the ranks, who is it? Who were you looking up to? Who were you saying, right, I want to get to that point? Was there anyone in particular? I think when I first started out, like early doors, like with, when I was racing Fiestas and Minis, I would probably look up, up to some, like my brother-in-law. And I, 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 yeah. I've always looked up to Gordon, but I think yeah. especially then, I really looked up to the BTCC. Yes. And, uh, uh-huh. I think as I moved up through Formula Ford into post Cup, it was then I was starting to move towards like the GT side of things. Mm-hmm. But it was, if I'm honest, every time I got into a new category, I would always look at the guy who was like winning the races and yeah. they would be my next kind of, the person who I wanted to yeah. become. And um, it's just funny how, yeah, you jump into a new championship and at the start of it, you might be a little bit off, off the mark mm-hmm. and you think, how am I going get, to get there? But mm-hmm. before you know it, with a little bit of hard work and at a time you kind of yeah before you know it, you're beating the guy that you are looking up to yeah. so it's quite cool well that's it I noticed looking back to your career and what you've done in GT's careers every single category you've always made such great progress that's so obvious looking through the, the statistics um, both in touring cars GT all that all that kind of thing but w- which has been the hardest category to grasp in terms of which or which has been the most difficult to get to that that winning level I think early on it was probably Formula Ford because I, I just think the level was so high back back at that time in terms of uh, you know the guys coming over from Ireland who had been racing them for so long. So that took a while to get my head round. The one Porsche Car Cup was was really difficult racing against all these big teams from down in England. Yeah. And then yeah the GTs as well. But yeah, probably BTCC is the most cutthroat series I've, I've raced in. Um, you know you can be doing a really good job. And qualify outside the top twenty. It's yeah. like it's frustrating. Yeah. So uh, I think yeah, there's like a, there's definitely a process to getting touring cars right, and I think I've kind of starting to get that now. So. Oh, without without question, this year if you look at the, the you know the, the 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 improvement from in results from 2018 to 2019 is extraordinary. And I don't I know a lot of people say, oh well, it's a better Honda's a better car than the old MG, but I. In the rules of BTCC, I see it different. I think you know the step we made in that is just extraordinary, absolutely fantastic. In GT racing, you had some great success. You know, seven victories, three in a row with Ferrari and the LMS. Yeah, yeah. You know, you're driving some amazing machinery: Porsches, Aston Martins, Ferraris. You know, tell us about that chapter of your career and how you found it, and what's it like to be a professional driver in the sports car racing kind of paddock. Yeah. It's- very different to the, the BTCC mm-hmm. um, you know I would say it's, it's a very like the purest part of the sport where yes um, it's, it's you know the crowds don't really come to, to watch mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. The, the social media side the um, isn't so yeah you're, you're not so much in the limelight but it's more about the, the sport itself I would say yes um, and like I have to say I, I did really enjoy going out abroad and racing at some of these like really classic European circuits like Spa, 
um, you know, went over to Portugal to race at Estoril, you know, Paul Ricard, all these amazing tracks. Um, and, What's the favourite? For me, Spa yeah. is uh-huh. the most amazing circuit in the world. Uh-huh. Done quite a bit of racing at, in the Nurbur- at the Nurburgring, the full yeah. large life, but uh-huh. even, I have to say, I just think the flow, just the, all the, the corner set up at, at Spa is just the best. And um, the cars that I got to drive, over the la- like between 2014 and 2017 were just unbelievable. You know, they're all 600 horsepower plus, got bags of aero. You know, some of them had a lot of the electronics like ABS and traction control, and some didn't. But yeah, it, you're racing against and beside fac- factory drivers and factory teams. And I, I'm not gonna lie, it was an, a, a great experience yeah. to be part of. Weather was a lot better as well. Um, <laughs> But then making that step over in 2017 to get that getting that opportunity and racing on my home track in the touring cars mm-hmm. and making my debut here was like mm-hmm. kind of opened my eyes to, to, the, to the excitement of the BTC. There is a real buzz about it. Yeah. Um, uh-huh. And uh, yeah, no, I think I'm, I, I would love if I could have a, a dual program where I was doing like both a GT championship mm-hmm. and racing BTCC at the same time. Like yeah. Cool, so. Ah well, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. And of that time, what was your what was your favourite car to drive out of, out of those GT cars? Would you say? I would say Ferrari four five eight GTE was yeah, yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. Um, Is that a factory car? That was there was there was back it not there was some support from mm-hmm. like Michelotto. Mm-hmm. There was support. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't classed as a factory car. But I did race also the 488, uh, 488 GT3 mm-hmm. with AF Corsa, so it's mm-hmm. a fa- factory team. Mm-hmm. And um, but I, I would say the Ferrari 458 because it was normally aspirated. Oh, yeah. I'm not gonna lie. See when you leave the pit lane and you, you for the very first time in that car. Yeah. It's like, oh man, everything you've ever dreamed yeah, of. That's why like you're a racing driver. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, that's probably my favourite car. Ah, cool. And so Daytona 2015, I, I was watching back um, that race, you know, I'm a big sports car fan, watching back the 2015 race where you went over there for the first time. Tell us about that experience of going to that race. That was incredible, you know, I'd, I'd just done my first season in British GT, um, so I just moved into GT racing and then I got the opportunity to go over at the end of the year and it was, I'm not going to lie, it was so exciting. Yeah. Um, you know, getting to race abroad in America um, against so many big names, you know, you're walking past guys like Brendan Hartley in the, in the, in the paddock, yeah. um, who was like obviously just out of F1, mm-hmm. um, loads of guys like that. And um, on this amazing circuit, it was just incredible, just an amazing experience. We did the test just after Christmas, um, which they call Roar Before the 24th, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then flew back two weeks later. Ah, man, yeah, um, I can't, can't say anything more. It was probably one of my, my best experiences in a race car and opened my eyes to actually 20, 24 hour racing. Yes. Uh-huh. And uh, I was lucky enough after that to do kind of four or five other 24 hour races in my GT career. So yeah. yeah. Is Le Mans on the, on the horizon? Do you um, think one I day? don't think it is on the horizon at the moment. I would say probably that like as I came into 2017, I prob- that was the closest I got to racing at Le Mans. I was kind of in the frame for a seat yes. and it never happened. But uh, my, my focus now is more kind of touring car touring stuff. Car, sure. but, uh, yeah. I, I am going to Dubai in January to do the 24 hours in a, a GT4 M4, a BMW M4, so, um, so yeah, my GT career is still bubbling away, Yeah. but Le Mans, maybe, I can't see that happening in the next couple of years at least, so, so uh, see what happens. Fingers crossed. And, and uh, you know, 
in IMSA, you know, in the American sports cars, um, you've done Daytona. Is there, would you like to go out there and race again in, in some of the other events like Watkins Glen or Petit Le Mans or anything like that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, these, yeah the longer yeah. stuff out there, like yeah. Sebring and stuff, yeah. would be so oh. cool. Um, but yeah, at the moment, I, I can't see that happening, but um, I do take, still take a big interest in it and I do keep yeah. an eye on it all, especially yeah. like my, one of my good mates, Johnny Adam, um, yes. obviously uh -huh. factory Aston driver, so mm -hmm. just speaking to him on the phone on Friday, but mm -hmm. yeah. Um, it's a good start to the season. Aye, yeah. aye, he certainly has. Yeah. So no, you never know. You never know. Brilliant, brilliant. Oh, I'm sure. Um, so Alan, Alan Walk, owner of William Walk Recycling, who's very kindly set up this interview with you. Um, you know, you guys have worked together for a few years now. How did you begin working together? So it came about when when Celtic Speed kind of gave me the opportunity to race in the Porsche Cup. Mm -hmm. um, I still needed a, a bit of sponsorship to kind of fill, fill the, the rest of the, the budget and I, I needed to get on the phone and, and start getting a bit of support. I mm -hmm. didn't really have any sponsors at the time mm -hmm. other than Celtic Speed. So um, Alan was probably the first person I called. I was sit, I remember sitting in my living room in my flat thinking, right, writing down names of people I could call. Yeah. And I think, I think he's the first person that picked up the phone. I asked him the question. I didn't really know him that well or I'd just seen him around the paddock at yeah. Knock Hill. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. He, uh, he said, oh, that would be really interesting, I'll be part of that. And then next thing you know, he's gone from a small sticker to a big sticker. And yeah. uh, he's backed me every year since since then, 2011, and he's still a very big part of my, my yeah. racing career now. And, uh, yeah. and he's, he's almost, the way I see Alan, he's, he's like your number one fan as well as a sponsor, which is a dream scenario, I guess, to have someone that engaged. Well, that's it. Yeah, as well. The dif difference with Alan is uh, he's, he's raced as well, so, yeah. um, so he, he has a an understanding from both sides, from being a sponsor and also from behind the wheel. So he's he's got that side, and yeah, he's, he's just a massive support. He's yeah, great. yeah. Uh, finally, 2020. What's the ambition for 2020? What do you want to achieve? So 2020, um, I want to be a contender for the overall British Touring Car Championship. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think it's be a bit naive to say uh, I, I just want to win the championship because mm. there's uh, there's so many good good guys out there mm -hmm. and. I think first of all you've just got to be in the fight. Mm -hmm. um, you don't know what's going to happen. You can make mistakes. You can have bad luck. You've got to have the right car. You've got, you know, things have got to go your way. So, my my plan is to, to just do the best job that I can, and uh, I want to be contender a contender for the championship and, mm -hmm. and fight fight to the end. So, I feel confident that, that that will happen. We'll just have to see. Excellent, Rory. Thank you very much right. for your time. Much appreciated. Right. Thank Cheers. you. Thank you.